We glorify the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for today. Be thou exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, last week we I did an introduction to about I mean on authority, authority. But for us to be able to have um, a grounded understanding of it, we need to come from the understanding of what faith is. If we don't accept faith as substance, this series will just excite our minds, our flesh, and we we begin to walk cocky, and it shouldn't be so. It's something that's supposed to help us to be humble, number two, to help us to be able to set ourselves free anytime the enemy attacks us or in any area that we have strongholds of the flesh and of demonic influences for us to be able to set ourselves free and for example it will enable us to be able to seek less of deliverance as it were you can self deliver you understand so let me just introduce what uh, i intend to talk about out for example what is authority what is divine authority how is divine authority exercised what type of authority does adam and eve have or had where does God source his own authority from? How does God exercise his own authority? Where does Satan source his authority from? How did, sorry, part two, man before sin, what type of authority does man exercise? Where does man source his authority from? Where did man, okay, that's it. Part three, how did God give man authority? That is the means that he, he, he the conveyor belt of how he handed over the authority. How did man lose his authority? Did Satan really have authority? Because he told Jesus Christ, this authority has been given to me. So it's, like I said, it, we, we, we argue to and fro with some of us. You are allowed to be devil's advocate. The essence of it is for us to be able to engage our minds, our hearts, our spirits, so that you'll be able to source your own uh, answer, uh, as it were, your own revelation from it. Uh, for example, I, I wrote here, I said, uh, man, did man really lose his authority? What about authority did man have, Adam? It was a delegated authority. So the authority the enemy stole from man was a photocopy. The original is God. 
authority, God's authority, authority flows from him. So what he gave Adam was delegated authority. You will stay in charge. So when the enemy came, deceived him, he only had photocopy. He didn't get to the original. In South Africa, original doc documents, you're allowed to go and get photocopy as long as it is certified. It's as good as the original. But that's what the enemy had. But does he still have that? Okay. And uh, Psalm 115. You want to write that? Psalm 115, verse 16. Psalm 115, verse 16. You have to read that later. Jeremiah 22, 29 to 30. Jeremiah 22, 29 to 30. Jeremiah 22, 29 to 30. And Colossians 1, 16. Then Luke 4, 6. Matthew 28, 18. So we throw, I throw the floor open. So, Prof, a little bit about faith for about five minutes. What would you say from your own, before we get into this now? Uh, faith. Yes. Well, the, the, the subject of faith is, is very interesting. Because uh, four times in the scriptures, the word of God says that the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 4, Romans 1 17, Galatians 3 11, and also Hebrew, I think Hebrew 10 38. But I like what Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says that the just shall live by his faith. I mean, of all the places where the Bible talked about the just shall live by faith. I like that emphasis of the just shall live by his faith. That is to say that faith is a personal thing. And if you are talking about living by faith, for the believer, I believe that just what water is to the fish, that is what faith is to the believer. I mean, a fish cannot survive without water. So if you are going to live well, if you are going to thrive, if you are going to succeed, if you are going to prosper, if we are going to come into the experience of everything that God has promised us, we need to live by faith. And that is why I believe that, I mean, there are a number of schools that I believe that a believer cannot graduate from. I mean, the school of faith is one of them. We cannot come to that place that we can say, yes, I have all the faith that I need. I know all there is to know about faith. Faith is something that we need to, because faith grows. So we can, I mean, every point to actually learn or talk about faith is something that we should be excited about and really celebrate. Because that is what will define us. God has made so much available for us in scriptures, but it's faith that brings us into that experience 
And I believe that when you look at our life as believers, that is what separates one believer from the other. I mean, you see people that are thriving because as a Christian, I mean, there are many other ways you can thrive. I mean, if you, people can cut corners, people can, you know, do some things that are wrong. And for some time they get away with it and it looks like they are doing well. That's not what we are talking about. But if you are talking about doing well God's way, it has to be true faith. And as I look at the word of God and also judging from our experience, and that is what I actually want to emphasize because that made a lot of sense to me. There is the principles of faith and then there is the application of faith. Now, I mean, the principles of faith is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to acquire faith. There's a process of actually acquiring faith. Getting to that point that you can say, yes, the faith is there. And then, of course, we need to release that faith. Releasing faith has to do with confession of God's word. Speaking it boldly, because that's how you release power. And then also taking responsibility because faith without works is dead. So it's not just about sitting down. I sit down here and I say, I'm blessed in Jesus' name, and I don't leave my house to go and walk. You can actually die on that chair. <laughs> you need to go out there and take responsibility. So when you look at the nuances of, I mean, different aspects of life, I discover that the kind of responsibility that we need to take vary depending on what we are dealing with. Let me give you an example. If the issue has to do with my health, for example, and I need to use my faith for my health, the bulk of the responsibility in terms of what to do, I believe that God has healed me, I mean, by stripes I've been healed and all of that. But the responsibility that I need to take to ensure that I come into that experience is purely personal. The kind of food I eat, I need to eat healthy. It's part of the responsibility. I need to exercise. It's part of the responsibility. I need to sleep well. Because you cannot be breaking, I mean, you can't be failing in all those responsibilities and, and say that I'm standing on the world and you are claiming that you are healed, but your actions are actually destroying your health. That's personal. But there are some other aspects of life that the responsibility goes beyond what you do on your own alone. For example, using our faith for finances. Most times, the responsibility is not just about you. It's also about other people. And so we need to understand the responsibilities. Yes, the, the, the faith that go with that because if you are doing the right thing, I mean, you go to work and all of that, but in relationship with people, you run a business. You are trusting on God's word. Whatever you do shall prosper. But there's a responsibility you have towards other people. There's a way you are supposed to behave so that they can also reciprocate. And that is actually what will bring the blessing. If for one reason or the other, you are not acting well enough to cause that reaction that should come from these other people to be what it's supposed to be, we cannot have that experience of being blessed. So some of these... There are some of these, you know, nuances or differences in terms of what we are dealing with and what we need to do that at times we lose sight of. 
you know, because at times, I mean, there are businesses where you know that, yes, I'm really trusting God, I'm really believing God, but at the end of the day, the, your faith falls short. And we don't query to say, why didn't I, I mean, why, why didn't it click because of some of this? So really, for me, faith is work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, I mean, because it's actually work to even believe God's word. How do you acquire faith? And I was meditating this morning, and I discovered that the word meditate itself, you know, if you read Romans 10, 8, the word of God says that the word is near thee, in thy mouth, and in thy heart. Even the word of faith. Joshua 1, 8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and observe to do all that written therein, and then thou shalt have good success. Mm. My question is, why the mouth before the heart? So it, so it means that the first place that the word of God should be is not even in our heart, it's in our mouth. And if you look at the story of Abraham, that was what God did for him. The first thing God did for Abraham was to change his name, to say, you are no longer be called Abraham, you be called Abraham. So every day, as they keep calling one another, God found a way to put that word in their mouth first, so that it can get into their heart. You know, I listened to Charles Cobb some time ago, and he gave a very nice analogy to this. He said, you bring a small puppy into your house, bought from the shelf. That puppy doesn't have any name. But when you bring that puppy home, you give it a name and say, okay, this puppy will be called Bingo. And every day, you keep telling that small dog, Bingo, come, Bingo, come. Initially, Bingo will not risk. But over time, Bingo will come to acknowledge the fact that, yes, I am Bingo. So you need to actually, so for every word of God to get into our heart, it's got to be in our mouth first. We have to be saying it to ourselves. Actually, the word meditation means to mutter, to groan over. You know, it's the Hebrew word hagar, which means to mutter, to groan. So, acquisition of faith has to do with actually speaking it to your word. I mean, speaking it to yourself. Speaking it to yourself to the point that you believe it. Mm. It's at that point that when you, are now, when you now begin to speak it boldly. So when the Bible is talking about you shall say unto the, I mean, you shall say unto this mountain, be you moved and cast into the sea. That is not the fourth level. That's not the first level of saying. It's the second level. It must have been in your heart before. You say it out. Yeah. So that when you say it, you are now releasing power. That's where the authority comes in. That is where the authority comes in. Right. And uh, you have some nuggets of uh, since the we've been having the the lesson. I want to please uh, maybe three of the nuggets you are reminding me of when I came. You can please explain to us. Nuggets of faith. What I reminded you of? Yes, when? some of them when I came for the life group. Oh yes. Yeah. The yeah the, the thing I reminded you of was that when we study the Word of God, that in the same way that with contracts, the devil is in the details, in, in the Bible, the blessing is in the details. In, 
in, in taking a moment on each word we are reading, making sure that the version of the Bible we are reading is the closest to the original translation. And if we can go into the the Hebrew and the Greek, it's even better. But and then to 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 meditate on that, on each word. I remember years ago, um, a friend of mine who's a pastor. She she told us one of the methods she uses. She she reads the same sentence in the Bible, and each time puts emphasis on a different word. Reads it out loud, and then changes the word that she emphasizes. So, for example, you know, if we take um, that Psalm 115 verse 1, um, to go, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. And then you go, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. And you put an emphasis on a different place, and then suddenly there's something new in the meaning coming out as well. So, that for me has been a big thing. And we, I used to read Hebrews 11.1, which says, Now faith is the substance, and I would go to, you know, of, and then my mind would jump to the things. And, but I never stopped at the word substance. And that's the one thing that I taught us is to focus on every word. Why does it say the? Why does it say substance? What does it mean? And what flows from that? But to learn that faith is the substance. And, and, and I remember in one of the lessons when you spoke of that the substance is the raw material. Then I just I got this picture of taking gold in its raw form out of the ground and then seeing the things, the things that can be made from this is jewelry, um, bars of gold, uh, whatever. But the substance is the the raw material from yeah. So for me, talking about nuggets, literally the gold nuggets, uh, th those are some of the things that have stood out. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. And what about you? You were around last week. Yeah. What, what, what did well, you think? Well, you took my words now. <laughs> <laughs> because um, that also stuck with me to make sure that you emphasize every single word in the Word of God. And I also, you know, you know, read through the first part and then, you know, you know, go quickly over the substance and then, mm -hmm. you know, after that. But then realize what faith really is and it is the substance. You're coming added value to you. Yes. You're hearing it. Yes. Added value to yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's easy to go into your life and see where mm. you need it, mm. that substance and what that substance is. Mm. Um, and it's great when you know that faith is the substance and then you can go back into your life and see in things that already happened, what was the substance that mm. I had to look out for. Mm. Um, and not just, yeah, because always we see the, you know, the ending, but not the whole process. Mm. Um, and the things that needs that you have to have to have the gold or the bangles or everything everything else that came out of the the Wonderful. raw gold. Yeah. There's a there's a quote from when you spoke at Life Group last week that I that I wrote down. Um, 
Because it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you said, Don't ever hope if substance is not in place. And I was like, What is substance? Boom. The substance is a word from the Lord. So if you, the substance is that, like the example that we kept going back to is the example of Abraham. And the substance that he got was that God said, from you, there will be many nations. And then he, You've got a promise from God, a word from the Lord. That is your substance. So the point he was making was, if you are hoping for God to do something, but you didn't, you didn't get a word from Him out of relationship first and then put your hope in that, then you can hope till you're blue in the face and nothing might happen. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I just sort of... You know, one of the best descriptions of... I mean, the licenses where the Bible talks about people. But well, one of the, one of the, the best, I mean, for me, really, was the description of Stephen in the Bible. The Bible talks about Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Spirit. And every time I read that, you look at this cup, talking about substance. I mean, this cup is empty. But when you pour drink here, that is substance. So it's actually possible to be full of faith. It's actually possible to... Empty of it also. To, yeah. I mean, for example, now, this is the first cup of tea that I took this morning. Before I took this tea, that was the way I felt. After taking it, there's a way... <laughs> you feel full. Yeah, you feel yeah. full because that's... So, so when you are in faith, it's... It, okay, it fills you up. It fills you up. You can't be ordinary. You can't be the same when you. I mean, when you are in faith and when you are not in faith, there are two different things. Mm. So when the Bible talks about the faith being the substance, there's a reality, there's a tangibility. Mm. I mean, there's so it has an effect, mm. you know, on you that will be different if you are not at that level. You can't make it. Yes. Mm. You know, I mean, so if it's the word of God you have, that word is not just inside you, but. It has affected you so much that you are full of it. Amen. Now, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? Say something? No, 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 no. Okay. You want to say something? Yeah, answer my question. Okay. I just, yeah, I've, I've got, a, I guess, a question, something to put to the group about faith that, that since we started speaking this morning, I've been thinking about it. There are two seemingly contrasting things that that Jesus says. The one is if you have faith like a mustard seed, which is very small, you can tell this mountain, go into the sea, and it will do that. But then in a few places, he says to his disciples, scolding them, oh ye of little faith. And and I always wondered about that. Then um, there's two things that happened in my life that helped me to understand it. So I'm going to tell you where I've learned, and then you learned people can tell me if, if you agree or not. The one thing that happened was I was a good friend of mine, Joe Niemann, who's also a gospel singer in South Africa. I was at his bachelor party years ago, and we, it was a great bachelor party with just a bunch of guys speaking word into his life. It was not the typical kind of bachelor party. And... Uh, 
And people went around the table just speaking encouragement and words of words for Joe. And everyone mentioned his great faith. Like you're a man of great faith. They kept saying that over and over again. And then he stood up and he said, thank you. But I just want to say, I don't have great faith. I have faith like a mustard seed. But the little bit that I have is pure. And it's completely in God. And that for me started breaking up something about that. And then, I don't know how long after that it was. We were at um, Pastor Alan Bagg's church here. And, and we go to their conferences often. And I mean, there's some cultural things about the church that, you know, sits weird with me. But he's a great teacher of the word. And he said, he was, he was teaching on this and he said, the Greek, when God, when Jesus says, oh, you have little faith, little, that little faith is apparently more correctly translated as a short burst of faith. In other words, you, you start out well, but then you, you doubt and you lose faith. Yeah. Is that, is that, do you guys agree? Because that for me helped me to understand the difference between having faith like a mustard, like pure, solid, in the right place. And then the little faith is when you start out well, but you, you start doubting, you lose it. Is that, does can that make I, sense? Can I, can I just of course. Um, from, my, from my own experience, you can have faith also, and you can have doubt at the same time. Now, let's look at the scripture from where the Bible said, um, Holy Spirit, please remind me. Um, for my own, uh, let me go back to my own experience. I had faith for Nisi. There were some times I would doubt. Mm. Mm. That is why that scripture is in Galatians 2.20 that you gave to us the last time. That says that Paul said, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in me. Mm. The life that I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of not in the old, the new translation says in the original translation says of yeah, the Son of God. Sure. So there'll be a time in your life where the focus will be moved away from your ability to have faith, and you now focus on the faith of Christ over the situation you are going through. Okay. Wow, that's good. Let me bring it back again. Um, Peter said to Christ, if it be you, Lord, bid me to come. And he, Jesus said, come. He walked. That's an example of every believer. He walked on the sea. Because the come was the word. Was it was a substance, right? yes. Yeah. So on his way, he saw the storms and everything, the, the, the wind and the storm. He took his eyes away from the focus of from Jesus, yes. and he Once began to he began to see this. Then he he will he began to sink, and he cried out. He had faith. That was why he cried out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have faith, he would have just sunk. He had faith in Christ's ability to bring him out of the out of the water. Okay. That was why he cried out. So when the moment he cried out. Jesus just stretched his hand. He just, 
if you if you look at it from the scripture, just imagine he was almost close to Jesus. According mm. to the Bible, he stretched his hand and brought him out. Yeah. So there are times in our walk of faith. There was a time I had failed myself in faith. And the scripture I read in the book of Timothy helps me. It says that even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So that became my anchor. Mm. So when I look at the thing, the situation around me, I see the impossibility. I will voice it out like he said. God, even if I am doubting, I am faithless. But I know you are faithful. You cannot deny yourself. You stand on his faith. That is it. That is it. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Alright, you wanted to say something? I actually just wanted to say something that also happened in my life. That when I understood the whole thing about the substance, and the substance is the Word of God, whether it is a word that God gave you mm. or whether it is Rema. something in his, in his word, yes. Yes. word. Um, and that is what we did as well because going here I mean all my friends when they heard we're going to move to Cape Town they're like what What did you do to Grisanda because I said I will never move to the Cape <laughs> so but again God gave us word and even though I was like I don't know how I'm going to leave all my friends and my all my, my, all my family there um, I just hold on to his word, which was the substance, and I know that this is where we should be. And all the things that happened before that, um, God showed us that if we just believe, um, you know, he, he's in control. When we said that we will no longer, and I've, I've shared that a lot in the life, in, the, in our life group, but when we um, when we said we're no longer going to take uh, or make decisions without praying, mm. and then when we get a word from God, we're going to, you know, take the step. Mm. When, when we said that, when we're going to start doing that, that was four and a half, five years ago, a lot of bad things started happening. <laughs> but I know that that was tests. Mm. And all that we can do and all that we did, we just hold on to His word. And we were listening and praying and, you know, that word, you know, like maybe sometimes five times a day, depending on where our faith was and whether we were just, you know, started sinking. Mm. We just needed to focus on mm. that substance, mm. that word. Mm. Beautiful. So, yeah. you have not spoken. You've been a Christian for many years. So. Nothing to say. You know, you've, said, you've said it all. Okay. <laughs> okay, Hayes. No, I, I just, I just want to bring it back to the question of because it, you know we're talking about authority as well. Mm. If 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 I take the scripture that says if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can. That is authority. That is using my authority yeah. in Christ Jesus to do something. <laughs> How do you understand that faith like a mustard seed? compared to the disciples who were on the boat with Jesus. The storm came up. Jesus was sleeping inside the boat. They should have been right there next to him sleeping, but they were out looking at the storm, getting worried. He came out, he calmed the storm, and then said, you have little faith. Is that because 
they should have had faith like a mustard seed in him or okay of his faith but he hasn't died and rose again at that stage anyway i just have weird questions about it but yes yeah, so it's a wonderful thing uh, like like i said it's always good to interact and talk i right from what the professor was saying he said a lot of things which were very uh, important mm. very very important maybe because of the time frame that he had to speak mm. and he had to he said a lot of things that you could actually break down you can actually write a book for me <laughs> like 10 books of different series from all that he said but like I said uh, before I, I, I believe in foundation I have a friend at UCT where we have a church. He's a civil engineer. And his specialization is foundation. Foundation. By the time I had coffee with him, I actually brought him to the church to explain foundation. To him, foundation is everything. You test the soil, you, che you check the environment, the materials you are going to use, and all of that. Without the foundation, your superstructure doesn't have any, cannot last. Yeah. Cannot last. So the process that it takes to, to check the foundation is so much that you, you are a professor, you know what it means to, to now specialize in that area. So I am intentionally emphasizing Hebrews 11 verse verse one faith is the substance every other explanations we are giving or any every other understanding we are having we need to make sure that is derived from that understanding that faith is the substance not a substance this substance means there is no other one and substance is a material that has its own uniqueness to produce things that are that that are in line with its ingredients. For example, you want to you want to make bread, you need flour. You can't make bread from sand. I don't think there's any technology yet. <laughs> so you can make human beings from trees. Human beings come from man and a woman. If you eliminate one, you don't get any, any child again. So the emphasis has to be back on faith, on the substance. Now, now the, the seed, seed is completeness. When, we, when Christ says, Faith as small as a monster seed. I don't believe it's talking about the size. It's talking about a, a, a seed has everything. The height, the size of anything is inside that seed. Even though the seed is small. Mm -hmm. In a seed is, is the completeness for whatever that seed is made of. Wow. His first son looks like him. 
I'm just, we are going to be friends for, forever and ever. When that boy will get to 21, 20, 30, I would, I would tell him, I'm sure when he looks at his picture at that time, say, are you, daddy, did I take this picture of 19, so, 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 so. So the seed is what is most important. So we need to now ask ourselves, when Christ said to the disciples, where is your faith? We need to cool down and it's okay. Was he talking about them sourcing faith from themselves over the circumstance? Now this is where we need to now begin to analyze willpower. I can do it. A positive thinking. Is Christ talking about positive thinking or willpower here? Or the human uh, spirit to be able to calm the storm? Mm. That's questions we need to ask. Sure. Now, it, God cannot break his word. If faith is the substance, where, did he, where was he expecting them to, to source the faith to deal with the wind from? That should be another thing we should think about. Where was he expecting them to source the faith from? If faith is the substance, and when he spoke to the wind, what, where did his substance come from to be able to rebuke the wind and the wind listened to him? So this, this kind of gathering is about asking questions and we, we've all been born again for many years and like I said at, at, at your life group, I've been born again now for I mean 30, 31 years plus. I have fallen down on my face. I'm not saying that I know everything there is to know about faith, but I can I can safely say I've tried, I've fallen down on my face, I've been humiliated because I thought I was in faith, I was not in faith. And instances that I acted in faith and I saw the results. And sometimes presumptuous faith. So sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you don't even know. Where you, so, so, so you need to now know where do I get it from? Mm. How do I source it? Mm. If it is this substance, how do I source it? A lot of times we 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 explain action that's supposed to follow faith. We describe it as faith. James says, faith without works is dead. Mm. So when we are, sometimes we, we make up the action that is expected, which it calls responsibility. Actions that are supposed to follow faith, we now say that is faith. If you have not received a word from God, don't take any action. Mm. Jesus was told that Lazarus was sick. Mm. That's the son of God, please. He didn't go until four days after the man had been, had been dead and buried. He did not go. He was not excited about going to, to, to raise the guy. Remember, he said that the son of man cannot do anything except what he sees the father do. He said, the words that I speak, they are not mine. They are from the father. So, 
Jesus, being the word of God, God himself, did not act out of his own will. He acted based on what God tells him. Sure. Sometimes there are stages. Uh, you get a leading into a certain direction and you start acting on it and um, it doesn't work. It, it flops somehow. Like I got a leading to sell my house in Lagos that it was time to leave and, um, and sell the house. But it, took all, it all took time, a lot of time. And um, then um, when it seemed to work out, um, I banked on it that this is God's way, the money will come. And the whole thing flopped. The people who wanted to buy the house uh, decided not to, and we had to start all over again. Mm. And in the meantime, because I was so sure, I got a very nice house here in Musenberg Marina da Gama that I wanted to buy, and I even made a down payment because I was so sure this is what God had for me. I lost it because I couldn't pay. And then uh, the next year, at last, we were able to get buyers for the house in Lagos, and, uh, and um, my daughter checked again what's available, and something came very quickly. So sometimes you don't know, am I presumptuous? Oh, but it, it just takes time. It's, it's not time yet. So you just have to be patient. And, Absolutely. Um, and um, sometimes you have doubts. Did I get it right or not? Um, so then the verse comes in that God gave me in, in this long-standing situation. I will, don't worry, I will, in, it's in Isaiah something. I will help you, don't fear, I will help you, I will hold you by your right hand. Isaiah 45. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, that's what helped me because he, he helping me and holding me by my right hand and my right hand is the one that does everything. So if he holds it, I can't do it. I just have to follow him. That's good. <laughs> so, I wonder if, how lifting and people feel about that verse. <laughs> so, if I may just quickly... Uh, just say this. Um, in that situation, God, the word that you got was closer to the time you were, the new buyer came about God holding your right hand. Was it before? It was, it was uh, when I didn't know how to continue now. Okay. So okay. just don't worry. Now, you see, faith when I got born again, one thing I learned so quickly early, the man of God said, faith does not make haste. So, once the substance is in place, time becomes irrelevant. First thing is to get the substance. The moment, like I was saying, Jesus was called to go and heal, to go and heal uh, Lazarus. He did not go until he got the go-ahead. He went, he got the job done. That was the time they asked him, that was a ceremony. They said, no, you want to they, go out, let them see you. You want to be known, go, go, go there. He said, no, he said the God of this world does not hate, is not interested in you, yeah. but himself. 
So he went at the time that God said he should go. Now the substance and timing is another discussion. The most important thing is let's let it settle in our spirit man that I need to get the substance. The disciples in the boat, I believe the substance they were supposed to exercise when he asked uh, Peter and the rest, look, who do the men of who do men say that I am? But Peter, God gave him a revelation. He said, Hey, you are the son of the living God. He was in the boat with them. And he had already taught them. He had sent them out, I'm sure, before that time. They had exercised his name, authority in his name. And he was sleeping. They were supposed to, the knowledge they had of him and the experiences with him, supposed to have built the substance of faith in them to be able, because no human being can just speak to the wind. There must be a force that you can use to control the wind. Man is not made to be able to speak to inanimate objects. So their faith in him, who he is as the son of God, is what he was, they were supposed to use to, to deal with the situation. Now, let me, I can see that our time today, things didn't go the way it's supposed to go, but we thank God. Now, when it comes to, let me just quickly, I saw that you raise your hand briefly. Yeah. One minute. Okay, yes. just, to, just to add to what is being Yes, said, so that I can quickly round off. Yeah, I mean, faith is a substance. That substance has a source. Yes. The source is the word of God. Yes. And the personality behind faith, the giver, God is the giver of faith because he authored his word. So the point I just want to make, just I do, I mean just try with reference to the what what we mentioned is the fact that faith grows. So even when we have the substance, we must ensure that we keep growing in faith, even in our situation. And from our particular, I mean, from our practical experience, I mean, you are doing something which is a process, and you know that you started out in faith. Mm. If you don't pay attention to your faith, you can lose that faith. Mm. It's true. Because doubts, I mean, because you started out believing yeah. God to say, hey, this will happen. Yeah. But you must sustain that process. You must nurture it. You must feed your faith. So you're planting the yeah. seed. You know, usually I look at it as, as pregnancy. I mean, at times, if a woman is pregnant, at a point, she may not even know. If it's a first-time experience, it could just be, oh, I'm feeling funny, and all of that, and all of that. But over time, it grows. You come to a point that it, it's real to you that, yes, there is something inside me. I believe that you can also, we can also get to a point with respect to trusting God for certain things that you know that you know that you know that is there. That substance is, is real to you. And by applying yourself more to the word, you know, crowding out every avenue that, that can make doubt. You know, because I think those are some of the issues that, I mean, I, I read the story of a man of God that in trusting God for certain things, he's dying to seclude himself. There are some things he doesn't want to hear. He only wants to hear only one thing. <laughs> and what you hear is what you believe. 
you know so really it's and i believe that in all of that you know god also sent his word to encourage us like the word that you had i've been in that situation for example that you i mean certain things being you you like you are like did i really hear god yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, but to see at that time, I mean, don't do, as you wait on God, God gives you a word of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Or God brings a change, yeah. something to just encourage you. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. just to keep you going. Yeah. And if you look at the word the Bible talked about, Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham did not waver in faith. So it's possible to waver in faith, but he grew stronger by giving glory to God. Yeah. Can I add one thing? I found that. Once I'm sure that I'm in the will of God, even if things don't go my way, the confidence uh, immediately there's a confidence and there's a peace. Mm. Yeah. So uh, even when you have to do things that normally you wouldn't have liked to do, but there's a peace and it just has to be done and and it's good. Mm. It's good. So, so what, you feel okay. So what you're saying is. Uh, uh, one of how to test if you're in faith is peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that peace does not mean the outside will always be calm. Yeah, it's from the inside. It's in my spirit man. Then whatever that is coming, that is going contrary in the physical, there'll be that, there'll be that stability inside. Now, Prof was talking about the pregnancy. The seed must be planted first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The egg and the sperm must connect. That second must take place first. Can I before, something? before, yeah. To your, to your analogy. Yeah. It must be planted in the right place. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It must be planted. The egg and the sperm. They swim. The egg, sperm swim all over the place. Beneath you, there must be that connecting place. But now that is a place of fellowship. Re-intimacy with God. Studying the word of God. Like he said, crowding, removing things away that would distract us. So that we stay. How do we do that? Right fellowship. God can bring prophecies to you. Reading his word. Staying there. Praising him. Just removing junks, and it's easier said than done. Mm. It's a lot of effort. That's what the Bible says: labor to enter into the rest. Then Jesus says, "My yoke is light." Yes, it's easy. Yes. So the thing is, to the flesh, it is not easy. You have to wake up to pray when it's not when you don't want to pray. Yeah, we're used to. You you have to tell your friends, "I'm not available." When you are fasting, they want to invite you for bride. Say, so I don't want to come. I want to go say it's fast. Say, so now I will do it later. Those are things that we need to put aside. But the moment we know that the word of God is the substance of our faith, then you begin to now understand what authority is. Authority is not in a person. Mm. Authority is in the word of God. Mm. Adam was not giving gold, silver, Mm. or the earth. The thing that God gave Adam 
was authority. To be able to control the world, the wealth of the world. What sometimes we are laboring for, we are working to have money, connections, healing, whatever that it is we are looking for. Don't look for that. Get the authority. You'll be in control of things that are controlling you. When you talked about Peter, the first thing that came to mind, um, and I always knew that, but it was just again, that even though his disciples went and walked with him for so many years and they saw all the miracles, um, sometimes you, you need to feel something and you need to experience something. And we all know God knows what's going to happen before it happens. So he knew, he knew when he went to sleep that there's going to be a storm, that Peter is going to, everyone is going to wake him up and what's going to happen. And again, Jesus knows that he will go back and his disciples will continue doing what they, what he was doing. So sometimes, you know, we don't know, but maybe some, you know, Peter needed to experience that, you know, situation we need to trust. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, let's just round up. Okay. Uh, let's just discuss about three minutes now. Please, let's take our minds back to when God was creating the heavens and the earth. The Bible said, God creates, God now made a garden. He now put, he, he put the man, the man was in the garden. God put him to sleep. He brought the wife out of his rib. Man and woman, were, man and woman, they were created before the flesh they lived inside. That's true. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Reading forth, the Bible says God made them male and female before the body that was made for them. Before the body, the physical body that was made for them. This is Earth's suit. So both of them, they received the instruction in their spirit, not from their environment. So God spoke to them. God said, look, have dominion over everything. I'm just paraphrasing now. Over the old earth. I'm just paraphrasing now because of time. Over everything. Now, that was what God gave Adam. Now, let us briefly discuss when Satan came in, what did he take? The gold was there. The diamonds were there. The crude oil. All the minerals were there. Whatever the earth, man has created now out of the earth, everything was there. So let's talk about that. Just to tell us the importance of authority. So what, what, are you, what, what is really important for you to get? Is it money? Is that what we really is that what we really supposed to be working at? No. To get money? Or to get healed? No, you 
said it before. It's yes. Okay. I don't know. I I get I get I gave it away because of that no. man that came. I had to rush everything out. Now I gave it away now. But do you agree? And why do you agree? No. Maybe I should put it that way. Do you agree that it is the it is authority that we should that I don't know. I gave myself away. That guy shouldn't have left. I didn't have opportunity no, to engage no, dominion. No wait. Can I say something? Can I say something? You said that the authority we're talking about is in the word of God, right? The enemy came against the word of God. Sorry, 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 of, sorry. Like I said, in, for for the sake of you, uh, those that are coming for the first time, I I hate gisting over the word, gisting, just discussion. It's like running commentary. The commentator can run beautiful commentary or rugby that is physical, that needs physical contact, and people get injured. It's easy to run commentary, but this is about application. This is about you try and see what you're going through through this discussion. And as you're discussing, you're believing God to throw light into your heart over what you're going through for personal application. Otherwise, we just be gisting from now to forever and ever. Amen. So that's not the whole idea about Bible over coffee. It's like as we are talking, you're looking, and sometimes it's good to just imagine, make yourself like as if you did, you didn't know anything about about an issue or a, a topic, so you can you can get some things for personal application. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What I wanted to say was, um, you said that the word of God, the authority is comes from the word of God, is sourced from the word of God. You know, when you were talking, you said we should go back in our minds to Genesis. You can see that from the Bible, the enemy came to take man's authority by taking the word, by twisting the word. Because he, he didn't come and say uh, um, to Adam and Eve, give me that authority now. No, give me. Mm-hmm. He came and said, has God said? Mm-hmm. So most of the times when God gives us a word, the enemy will want to bring doubt by mm-hmm. making us confused. Did you really hear from God? Mm-hmm. Are you sure God said that? Did you think that that man made a mistake or the prophecy mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or the rema you were reading is not general mm-hmm. in the Bible. So I see that from my own point of, of understanding, I see that the, the enemy comes first from for the word, which Jesus said also in the Bible, in the book of Mark, where he was talking about the farmer who goes to sow the seed. Some fell on, on, on solid ground, mm. on stony ground, some fell and the beds of the air came. Some fell on the on the path, way path. So you can see that the substance is what the enemy comes for. And it's in the substance that we have our authority. So as we confess what the substance says, we exercise our authority. That was that's one point I just felt I should just add. Do we, okay, how did the enemy steal anybody now? How did he steal the, 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 the authority? I think you, you touched on it and it started breaking open for me. What did Adam and Eve get from God when he created them? They got a word. They got substance. They got uh, a job. Uh, the script, which is the substance, right? 
and the the substance part of that word was what they're supposed to do and then was one word what they're not supposed to do and on that the enemy came and caused them to doubt what is doubt it's the opposite of faith so it's doubting the substance their authority was linked to their substance so if the enemy can cause doubt about the substance he can take authority am i making sense yes so yeah. how any other person any other contribution okay yeah well i don't want to be um i look at it this way that authority that Adam and Eve had, God gave them as a product of a relationship that they had with him. The enemy came and stole it. But the good news is that Jesus came, yes. restored that relationship, and we have that authority today. Yeah. I think the main issue now is, do we know that we have it? Do, are we putting ourselves in a position to actually acknowledge because really, the issue is not, I mean, as believers, we have the authority. I mean, uh, Mark 16 says, This part shall follow them that believe in my name. That's one place in school where there was a demonstration to say, You can do this. Mm -hmm. the real, and that is where faith comes in. The question, we have the authority as believers because Jesus came, the devil stole it. Jesus came, and that's, why, yeah, that's why he died and resurrected. He's been restored to us. Mm -hmm. But are we acknowledging it? Are we living with the consciousness that we have that authority? And are we exercising it? Okay. And that is where we need faith. Okay. But now, the, maybe because he's a lecturer, he's going so much ahead. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going so much ahead. He's going so much ahead. Now, which is good. Yes. Now, the emphasis is on, 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 on authority. We all have an understanding of what authority is. Mm. Now, Abraham, Adam and Eve, they were given the word from God. Go and have dominion mm. over everything. Everything. Have dominion over that. Now, the enemy came. What, how did he steal that authority? It's something we should give attention to yeah. so as to be able to apply it to yourself yeah. how does how did he steal from from adam and how how has he stolen from me how do i plug the loopholes so that it does not steal as constant as he likes to have it now, the main thing that he did was deception he used. Was deception. Did God really say? Deception. So you need to ask yourself, what has God told you? And how is he saying to you in your circumstance, telling you, did God really say? It might create some circumstances around you in the physical, in your body, to tell you, are you sure you are healed? Are you sure this is what God has promised you? What, how is this stealing? And if you don't stamp your authority, it keeps stealing. 
he would keep stealing from us. Now, Adam, when God approached Adam, what did God tell him? Did God tell him the authority was stolen from him? What did God tell him? Any one of us? <laughs> when God came, he said, Where are you? Where are you, boy? This guy was hiding. Yeah. Is it that God did not see him? God knew where he was. God, God knew. Was asking, yeah. Where are you? Yeah. God now said, Don't preach now. <laughs> God begin to preach. Don't preach. We preach easily. We preach. The point is, when God came, what was the exchange? God said, Where are you? Yeah. What, did, what was his response? I'm naked. Yeah. So what did God tell him back? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you are naked? Mm. (laughs) Who did you listen to other than me? So who told you? So you thought you've lost the authority, Mm. but I've not told you you've lost it. Mm. Mm. Though you have sinned against me, Mm. but the authority is still there. Hallelujah. It's with the authority you can deliver yourself from the power of sin that has taken over you. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Satan tempted you until you thought authority is finished. Mm. When we sin, we can all testify. Don't lie. Mm. You think God will never hear you again. God has traveled. You are now in the hands of the devil. You are waiting for him to kill you. When you are driving on the road, maybe I will have accident now. Maybe the contract will not, will, not, will not come to pass. Maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. Yes, you've, we've opened the door. But have you lost your authority? And why even in the position of sin, why is your authority not still lost? Should be the question. Wow. Mm. You've seen there's a separation between you and God, yet the authority is still in place. Mm -hmm. Your authority through Christ is still in place. How did you attain that authority? How did you get the authority that is in Christ? And why is the authority constantly there for you to exercise? This is the practicality of it. Because we are living in an area in the world where the enemy is, is plotting. Not to, to kill you is the easiest thing, but to frustrate things around us, to plot, to bring circumstances, to make you like he made David to sin. Then God had to come, I'm going to kill People, he said, God, don't kill everybody. Just deal with me. So the enemy is plotting. Sometimes we don't know whether the enemy made you do what you did wrong. Or your flesh made you do it. Sometimes we are not aware. So we need to be, we need to ask questions. So the answer, when I was meditating and praying about this, is simply this. How did you get into this authority that is of Christ? is what you need to know. You did not earn it. 
And by grace is is your saved mouth. How did grace hand over authority to you? That's what you should know. It's through death, pain on the cross, burial, and resurrection. And the burial and resurrection is the place of separation unto God. And that process cannot be reversed. Yo, thank God. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for that. The process cannot be reversed. That is why, even though the flesh is falling, the, the original authority is with God. Satan stole the photocopy, but Adam, Adam did not realize that. But God was telling him, Who told you you are naked? I don't like preaching. If you want to, like, let's just quickly accept ourselves. Let's preach. The Bible says you are clothed with Christ. When Adam sinned, he became naked. God killed an animal, used a skin to cover him, which was symbolic of what Christ did before time started. I, I don't want to go to all those things that we excite our heads and all of that. And the practicality is this. How did Adam lose the authority? Did he really lose it? Me now as a Christian. If I want to exercise my authority in now, where did I get it from? Can I ever lose his authority through Christ? Is it my flesh that suffers? How quick can I exercise my exercise your authority? The authority can never come from you. The authority was never your decision. The authority was handed over through covenant. Not with you, not with you but with the Trinity. Hallelujah. With God himself. So that's why Paul said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. When you know who Christ is, we would be able to exercise authority and dominion in every situation. Financially, over our children, over our lives, things that you've even lost. Over territories also. Things that you have lost, you can, when you grow, when a child is, uh, when when the hair is a child, he loses a lot of things. The servant will control him. There's certain things that we've lost. One of the, you know, when you're doing a course, we have a lecturer here, they will tell you the, the aims and objectives, the, the outcomes, what do you want to get? And that's how this man thinks. We are talking to him, he wants to, okay, what is this thing all about? Where, what, where, where are we going? I mean, in all of this. Where we are going with this series is going to constantly connect to faith as a substance. Mm-hmm. And to exercise authority, how do we use it? How, how do you know you constantly have it? Are you the one keeping it? The authority that Adam had was kept with God. If Satan had taken the real authority, God would have been under Satan. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he only gave me a copy. He's the boss. He's the boss. So when we stand to pray, you pray. 
with authority. When we want whatever profession we are doing, we do it with authority that is from above. And people will see it. They said about Christ, this man speaks as someone with so much authority. Where did he get it from? How did he exercise it? This is the series.